a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Lights. Camera. Action. It's the KSL Movie Show. It gave the audience feelings they weren't sure they should enjoy. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Like a slice of butter melon on top of a big old pile of flapjacks. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good morning. Welcome to the movie show 2.0. Because it's the second week, see? Steve and Ann. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Okay. We're excited to be here today, and we are at probably... I'm not sure we could ever do the movie show from a nicer place than we're sitting right now, Steve. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm I'm home. <laughs> I don't know if Chris... Have to talk I don't to Chris know if to Chris knows this, but in, uh, I'm home. I think they had one extra bedroom, Steve. <laughs> There's one for the two daughters and one for <laughs> and me. one for you. I'll even sleep under the barbells. <laughs> well, we are coming to you from the Northern Wasatch Parade of Homes, and we are at a home that's officially called uh, The Summit in North Ogden, and it is gorgeous. It's set on the mountainside, so the, up that north mountain, that northeast mountain face that uh, uh, separates Brigham City from Ogden. And the the view out the backyard, just amazing. Oh, and we're ridiculous. in what's called the man cave, but it could also double as a – you could start a repair business in here. There's a, there's cars on a lift. We've got uh, I'm thinking dance sheds, hall. A dance hall. So you could hold a youth dance in here easily with no problem. And the DJ would be up above the group dancing down on the floor. Oh, yeah, I could put him up there where the Bronco is. Exactly. So – we are, we'll be talking with uh, Chris Olson, the parade builder and owner of CF Olson Homes, and actually the owner of this particular home. We'll be talking with Ben Hubbard, who's the parade chairman for the Parade of Homes, and uh, the chairman of uh, the sales manager for Coldwater Stone Design. We'll be talking to them this hour and through the next three hours of the movie show. But, Steve, we're also going to talk movies What on the movie show. That sounds so interesting. And there may not be a bigger movie this summer than the one we're going to talk about today. Or maybe this year. Or maybe this year. I mean, last year, the Tom Cruise movie ended up carrying the year. This year, who knows? It just might do it again. Tom, Magic Tom. The dude. What? He, he's unstoppable. I hear people that say, I don't like Tom Cruise, and I think, okay. Well, you picked the wrong time to not <laughs> like him. Right. All right. So let's do the movie show preview sponsored by Call Climate Services. The following preview has been rated G and is appropriate for all audiences. The Movie Show Special Feature. Well, the big movie, of course, opened on Wednesday, so uh, we've actually had a couple of days to see how it does at the box office. There were preview shows, though, basically the entire weekend. I had people come in on Monday, oh, I saw it over the weekend, and I thought... You mean Amanda? Uh, I had Amanda, but she wasn't the only one. Oh, she was? Oh. I, I, she couldn't have... Did she buy the whole theaters? There had to have been other people that were at the same screening I, I as Amanda. I doubt it. I think that was just It was just her. Amanda. Oh, I can believe that. She does kind of have that clout, but Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1... The movie title alone takes half the runtime of the movie just to say it because it's so long. 
me typing it out for TV and stuff. <laughs> you want to be a slow talker? Whole, it's going to take up the whole uh, the whole. Dude, screen. it's two hours and 47 minutes. Two hours, 47 minutes. We will get into all of that because even though that time sounds daunting, it doesn't feel like two hours and 47 minutes. Well, get ready for Oppenheimer. The Batman you know felt like two hours and 47 minutes last year. That's true. Oppenheimer, isn't that pushing three hours? It's three, exactly. Oh. All right, Christopher three. Nolan. So those Excess are doing much? the Barbie, uh, the Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. We'll talk about that. Okay, too. yeah. We'll so that. we've got lots on the movie show today. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. What other movies do we have, Steve? Ooh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, we have. Uh... <laughs> I can't. Oh, you read can't that. read that far. <laughs> How about this? The Miracle Club. The Miracle Club. Yes, cute movie. had had a little darkness to it, but actually, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Bird Box Barcelona. Yeah, if you like the Bird Box with Sandra Bullock. Now they've gone to Barcelona. Barcelona, Barcelona. yeah, you got to say it. That Barcelona, way. <laughs> and it is equally riveting, I think. All right, then Gray Matter. Gray Matter, yeah, I watched that last night. Uh, that's a pretty good little movie. On uh, Max, we'll talk about that, and then Jewel Thief. That's one you didn't see, but I was just finishing up <laughs> prior to the movie show. That's because I was watching Unknown Killer Robots, Jury Duty, Full Circle, After Party Season Two. I think my dance card for the week was pretty much full at that point. Yeah, it's the summer and a lot of stuff's coming out, which is kind of funny because uh, content, it sounds like, could start to trickle and dry up a little bit later this year. So this deluge of stuff we have right this second, maybe maybe the studios want to maybe keep some of that in their oh, pocket. Wait, do you see what Bob Iger had about this whole thing? And as you've been hearing on KSL News Radio all morning, the uh, Screen Actors Guild has now joined the Writers Guild on uh, on the picket line, on strike in Hollywood. So what effect will that have? What What do the two sides want? What does the um, uh, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Productions, AMPTP, right. um, what do they want? They're the ones who are negotiating with the, uh, the guilds. Right. And what do they want and what do the guilds want? Uh, I'm sure everyone has an opinion one way or the other. Uh, most of the sound bites are pretty generic. Oh, they're trying to ruin us. Oh, we can't afford you. And it's the same kind of stuff. So we're going to hopefully get a little bit under the hypocrisy, that. though, from who are, who are saying that they're being unrealistic. We can't afford that. <laughs> well, Steve is going to take the studio side. I'm going to take the uh, guild side as we just try to explain. Well, that makes uh, me Darth show. Vader. No, thanks. no, no. You're just going to represent their point of view. If, if people are angry at you, we'll just have to remind them, don't shoot the messenger or Darth Vader. Shoot Darth Vader. Han tried, but, you know, you'll block it with your hand. <laughs> sure, that works. <laughs> uh, we're also going to uh, talk. We're going to, of course, have telephone torture. This this week's theme, thanks to Tom Cruise, is going to be Mission Impossible. So all of our questions will be about one of the Mission Impossible movies. Um, I yeah. think it's going to be fun. The and final you have to guess which always, one. And you have to guess which one. There are seven to choose from. I'll save you some trouble right now. It's not the it last is one. not the current one that we're going to be talking about today because not enough of you have seen it for that to well, be. That would be a cheat if I did number seven. Practically giving it away now. So now you have six chances and you have six clues in which to get the answer right. Oh, and each clue would be will so happy right now. <laughs> give you a chance. And I trust me, you're going to love the last question. Because remember, we always have to have an idiot-proof question. Yeah, but a we, loser proof we question. Or some other word that doesn't sound so mean. We, we have an, an easy question that you really should get it. There it is. See, that feels like yeah, too that, wordy. That's too wordy. Well. Uh, we got it. We're going to talk about the big streaming release of the week. We've got, uh, let's see, we've got the movie show Top 10, in which we will feature our first listener review, review of yeah. a movie. 
This is something that we want to incorporate on the movie show. And we will have, instead of the worst thing I watched this week, Steve, yeah. we have a special little treat today on the movie show. What's that I hear? Who's that that I hear? Is that the Beach Boys singing about Salt Lake City? He just woke up half of Salt Lake. The ones that were like, what? What did he just say? <laughs> I think that's the Beach Boys. Well, we have an interview with Mike Love of the Beach Boys. What? Who is in town as part of the uh, Deer Valley Music Festival oh, up in Park right. City. And he graciously uh, did an interview with me. We're going to play some snippets from that, and we'll give you a chance to go to the movie show uh, uh podcast page and listen to the entire interview later but we'll get a chance to hear from mike love and and he was a great interview he he's still got it he's Does 82 he? years old but he he's is? still an in, incredibly engaging guy boy the beach boys that sounds funny now so all that and a lot of movie talk today's movie show yep a gun in the face then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought i'm gonna die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, the big movie review. Andy and Steve have everything your family needs to know about the biggest release of the week. And what is the biggest release of the week, Steve? No, that's the wrong song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mission dun, Impossible. Dun, 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 Dead dun. Reckoning, part one. Dun, dun. And by the way, don't worry about it being part one. Like, oh no, I have to wait. Okay, so this is not a surprise part one like it turned out Across the Spider-Verse was. Right. We weren't expecting it to be continued at the end of Across the right, Spider-Verse. That's true. They make it very clear at the beginning of the movie when part one shows up in the title. And, and it, it ends at a good place. Right. Like you're going, okay, that's like a good chapter to stop. Now we know that there's some really crazy stuff coming after that. All right, let's get the hype train going with a clip from Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It's been a long time, friend. You've no idea the power I represent. It knows your story and how it ends. Listen to me. The world's coming after you. His fate is written. Shall we write yours, too? If anything happens to them, there's no place that I won't go to kill you. That is written Ooh, getting the goosebumps. Just listen to that. All you right, know, Issa Morales, by the way, was not supposed to be the lead. He was not supposed to take this part. Really? Nicholas Holt was the original choice to play Gabriel. Isn't that Gabriel? His Gabriel, character? I believe, yes. But he was tied up with uh, the, what's the century, the uh, period piece that he, not the glory, but. Um, the work? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one where he's uh, in, me not medieval, but. It's a Tudor family, or you know, as it anyway. The Crown, no, the Glory, the Great, the Great the one. Oh, the Hulu That's series. The, okay, I was thinking a movie. And the you Great, were describing the series. Oh yeah, he, he was okay. tied up with that, so he couldn't come do this. So they got Eatsam. But Eatsam uh, Morales works great. I think so too. I mean, if you, I remember him from La Bamba back in the '80s, where he played Richie Valens brother. Well, that's why I thought it's kind of odd that he would kind of resurrect his career this way because I haven't seen him in much other than some TV shows. 
And here he is. He plays Gabriel. Um, well, I, I don't want to give away too much, but he... He seems to be the taskmaster. He's master. sort of like the human avatar for the big bad of the movie, which is an artificial intelligence. So Called the Entity. Called the Entity. Now, uh, to set the table for you without giving away too much, Ethan and his team, we get Luther back, Benji back, uh, Ilsa's back. Yeah. We get to add this time Haley Atwell, who plays a kind of a, She's amazing. A, an amazing thief. And, and then, I, as I recall, you were telling me, because you saw it before I did, and then you said... Pom Clementif was in this. I didn't even recognize her till halfway through the movie. I didn't even know that was her name, but yeah, she's the man. She Manta. plays Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. so she Although does not she have looks the so antenna. Different. Very much. Different. She looks like she's right out of the Suicide Squad, the the Japanese girl yeah, with the soul yeah, sword. Yeah, that's right. She that's is. what she looked like through part of the movie. So, uh, Ethan and his team essentially have to prevent um, the AI, which seems to know every move, and that because it's so powerful, every government on Earth is after it. Or scared to death or of it. Or scared of it. And in, ca- in that case, then they're after it just so that they won't let their enemies get their hands on it. It always seems funny that they always say, we don't want it to fall in the wrong hands, but we'll take it. And we'll probably be the wrong hands exactly. ourselves. <laughs> That's what I thought. And let's just say, not, not, you know, Mission Impossible is great with the feints, with the who is who and when are they who. And, you know, I don't yeah. want to give away too much more than that. I will say... I had some friends that didn't like the overuse of the mask gimmick that they used in previous Mission Impossibles. Oh, yeah. They do not overuse it in this movie. No. But they have a different thing, and it's awesome. Yeah. No, it's very cool. Uh, I just, you know, I I think that I just love this movie. I was just coming out of not the sadness of seeing Indiana Jones, but just knowing what that could have been and then seeing what Tom Cruise has done with this movie is just unbelievable. For me, oh no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, as they've gone on, they seem to be getting better. Like Fallout was, was incredible. This might—it's really close, but they're really excellent movies. I was saying, I, I don't want to call it recency bias because I'm sure there's a little bit of that, but I kind of thought the same thing. As great as I thought Fallout was, and when Fallout came out, I said. Mission Impossible has eclipsed James Bond as the best spy movie series going. Yeah. James Bond got a little bit of its mojo back, I thought, with No Time to Die. But this is just, it's its next level. I mean, everybody's seen the big jump off the cliff stunt. Which is almost passe so now because you've stuff. seen it a thousand times. Right. And I will say I almost wish they hadn't showed us that because think of how that would have been oh. in IMAX when you saw him jump off the cliff and you didn't know that was coming. I just think about those poor motorcycles. There were seven of them that lost their lives. <laughs> seven motorcycles gave their lives for Tom and Cruise. That, by the way, he stunt. did that stunt seven times. He's like, I think I can wait a little longer to open my chute or let go of the bike a little sooner or later. Like, what? Meanwhile, the nuts? insurance adjusters are on scene, like sweating. And yeah. <laughs> well, the, the train scenes are unbelievable. And they actually tried to go out and buy a train. And nobody, knowing what they were planning on doing with the train, said no. So they had to build their own train and the train cars. This is a 290. You'll, you'll understand after the movie why train people were a little reluctant. Yeah, I can see. Like, you're going to do what with it? <laughs> I don't want that. For me, I thought that, because you're right, there, it's hard not to draw a direct comparison to Indiana Jones. A lot of people who want to see Mission Impossible also wanted to see Indiana Jones. My older brother loved Indiana Jones. He's yeah, like, no, I could that... watch Indy sit and write his memoirs for four hours. That's right. how much he loved Read Indiana Jones. Read a phone Jones. book, yeah. But... For me, I think the biggest difference between this and Indiana Jones was in Dial of Destiny, I only knew going into the movie and really cared about two characters, Sala and Indy. Everybody else was a new introduction, you know, and they were great. 
Yeah. But coming into Mission Impossible, there was five, six, seven characters that I already was emotionally invested in from other movies. Right. Uh, especially, I love, love Rebecca Ferguson as Ilsa oh, Faust. Geez. I just love her. And I have a little trivia story about her. Really? Yeah. But anyway, to, just to finish the thought, it's, I cared about more characters, so as things were happening, I was more invested throughout the film in everybody. Instead of trying to get to know them so that I could be invested in them, I was invested in them immediately. And even some characters that we haven't seen since the original one. Uh, Henry Sisnick or whatever his name is. Sisnick. Yeah, he shows Kittrich. up. This, and he's even more well, like... Kittrich's voice is in the trailer, so that's not too much of a spoiler. That's true. Except that he's like, no, he's almost always like... This is a job, but you should never take it. It's going to be the worst thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> this is your mission should you choose to accept it, but please don't accept it. But, but I like that, like the fight in the little narrow alleyway. That was mm. so cool. Yep. I mean, there's just and, and chase scenes in Venice. Where does that, you know, how does that happen? It's just, it's brilliant. This is. Is the, this an A for you? It is. An A. A rare. I mean, I think I've maybe two or maybe two movies so far this year other than this. I walked out thinking three and a half, and then the more I thought about it afterwards, I bumped it up to a four out of four star. So yeah, h- highest recommendations from the both of us? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but if you don't go see this movie on a big screen, the biggest screen you can find, you are making a huge mistake. That's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, rated PG-13. PG-13, and it is playing only in everywhere. theaters, and it is playing everywhere. It's the KSL Movie Show. It's going to work. It's passable, okay? This, this isn't terrible. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here, here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. We're slow learners. We're not particularly good listeners. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. That movie clip always reminds me of the. We may not be able to jump very high, but at least we're slow. <laughs> or or the, in the movie, The Way of the Gun, he goes, who's the, who's the head of this operation? It's pretty much a no-brains operation. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. This is the movie show. It's the end of the week. It's time to kick back, relax, have some fun, talk yeah. movies. Uh, we are coming to you today from the northern Wasatch Parade of Homes. We are at a home in North Ogden called The Summit. And in just a few minutes, we'll actually talk with the guy who built this home and who owns it and who is responsible for all this gorgeousness. If you're with us on the webcam, you can already see some of his Jordan collection behind us, which is super cool. <laughs> Gustavo noticed that immediately, by oh, the did way. He? <laughs> Our producer. Uh, we'll so- guard him. Don't worry. It, we'll talk about the, Was- the Northern Wasatch Parade of Homes, some of the beautiful homes that you'll get to see. Uh, but, Steve, sure. um, we, uh, we made a mistake. The movie show preview, which we did already, was actually sponsored by our friends on the Joshua Stern team. We wanted to make sure they got the proper credit. Oh, that's, the new, that's a new client. It is. And if they're willing to take a chance on the movie show, then by golly, we're going to make sure that you hear about. Yeah, I want to meet him. (laughs) Bring him in here. Okay, so uh, first of all, before we get into our next movie review, we would like you to join the KSL Movie Club. What you need to do is text the word MOVIE to 57500, and that'll make you part of the club. You'll receive text messages alerting you to the time we're on the air, 9 to noon, plus contests, plus uh, we've done movie show screenings. This is how you become part of the movie show club. And we love the screenings because we meet so many cool people. And they really are cool. And they have been listeners for a long time. They've got people with original movie show t-shirts that come. and I it, use mine to wash my car. And the best part is it's a free movie. 
It's yeah. a free movie. We don't have one right now, so don't, I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't get too excited. No, but we also go. would love any of your comments on the movie show, uh, 57500. You don't have to text the word movie. Just text us your uh, thoughts on something, whatever it may be. 35 and, seconds. Well, that'll be the. We'll get to that. That's when you'll oh, call in is, and do the. Oh, this is oh. just people who can text in during the movie show to let us know. Hey, if you've already seen Mission Impossible, give us a sentence. What you oh, thought? Yeah, Should okay. people go see it? We, uh, t- you know, tell us your name and where you're from, and uh, maybe we'll read it on the air. So, Steve. Yes. We've got two more movies to talk about in this okay. segment. So let's start with. How about? Um, where did it go? There it is. The Miracle Club. Oh yeah. Okay. If you go out that door, don't believe bother coming back. Miracles happen there. He could speak. How are you, Chrissy? My mother is dead. I'm in a place I swore I would never come back to. Hi. I wouldn't have recognized you. Forty years would do that to you. I'd say, yeah, mixed. Yes, it's great to have her back. Marvelous. Bloody marvelous. Okay, we're going to Dublin in 1967. All those accents sounded incredibly authentic. Except for right? Kathy Bates. <laughs> she was a little, she struggled. But look at the cast. Maggie Smith, Kathy Bates. we got Laura Linney. Uh, we've got, uh, there's somebody else. I tell you what, the, girl, the young girl who you heard for a second, and her name uh, is, in the movie, she, her name is uh, Dolly, but her, she's played by Agnes Ocasey, a girl I'd never seen before. She's the mother of the little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little boy. Too. A little boy, that's right, that's right. They had a little girl at home. Right, that's right. The baby that the I, husband I couldn't has figure to stay behind the, and the, take care of. Kathy Bates, her character, were they raising Kay. a bunch of kids? So, yeah, it sounded like Kathy Bates had some of her kids and grandkids living with her. Okay, that makes that sense. That was the way I understood. Because at first I thought the same thing. Does Kathy Bates really have like, All a little kids? kid? No, but, there's no way. I mean, you know, it's Ireland, 1960s. Yeah, so something, so they were very close early on. And something happened to somebody in this within this family and something happened to somebody else, and so uh, the young woman was sent away. That's Laura to, Linney's character. She was sent to the States, and, uh, you know, everybody, it was weird, because like, they kind of turned on her. Like, you haven't been back in 30, 40 years, and now it's her mother's funeral. And so it's like everybody's getting back together and sort of trying to deal with, you know, do we, you know, are we going to respond or forgive or whatever? I mean, I they, they completely map, blew her off for a while. I almost had to map it out, because you've got uh, Laura Linney, is cousins with um, Kathy Bates, and then Maggie Smith is their mother's friend. Best friend. Yes. So once I figured that out, it yep. made a lot more sense. And yeah, then, it, it made it look like Kathy Bates and Laura Linney were like best friends. Yes, they and, were. And, well, and they were cousins. The age difference is kind of staggering. But I actually don't know if they're that much different. Laura Linney's? Hey. So, okay, so it's a cute, it's a sweet movie. It gets to a part that they get into some darkness that might be a little uncomfortable, but then it comes back around. I thought it actually, Maggie Smith, I mean, the whole idea is they're going, they're trying to win a trip to Lourdes, Lourdes, the place where... In France. Yeah, where the miracle happened. And what was funny was like, so that happened like in 1858 or something like that. Right. And they said, so how many miracles? And they said, well... Don't give that away. No? Because that's kind of the fun. Oh, okay. I, th- right. I thought that was kind of the fun part is... I thought there would be a lot out. more than what there were. <laughs> exactly. That was the same exact problem. Um, so what? How, how did you feel? Do you want me to tell me what I thought? or you? W- well, I just... I thought it got a little uncomfortable there for a minute, and then it kind of righted the ship, and there were a lot of redemption and a lot of forgiveness. I thought it was a very sweet film. I agree. Um, it's one of those that... You, these are the type of films I feel like there's not as many of anymore. And that people feel like, oh, I'll just watch these at home. But these are worth going into the theaters and supporting so that more movies like this get made. It's 
The people who love PBS shows, I think this is kind of be like a catnip call with those actresses in it. Um, I love this. It's is a purely story. a Doug and D movie, by the way. Oh. They're going to just go nuts. So <laughs> there you film. go. And then I'm sure that Doug is listening right now. Or maybe somebody call him, let him know. (laughs) But I thought it was really good. There's a lot about redemption, people seeking miracles. And and the question was, do miracles cause faith or do they only help if you have a faith that the miracle can strengthen? And and the questions that I thought that went through were questions that were worth considering. I, I really liked it. It's. It's it's slow. It's character. There's there's moments that are funny. There's moments that are sweet. There is a dark turn. I I was like, oh, okay, but like you said, they brought it back. So for me, this was this was an easy a three out of four star movie. Yeah, for this me. would be for me. And Maggie Smith is not only a treasure, she is fearless at her age to do what she did in this movie. Extraordinary. All right. So that was the Miracle Club, rated PG thirteen and playing in theaters. The movie show. It is not a donut hole, but a smaller donut with its own hole. And our donut is not a hole at all. On KSL News Radio. Are we live? We are now. See, I'm an inexperienced guy. Wasn't even sure of that. I should have guessed from the psycho-sounding music that we were back. Yeah, it's it's our, our theme song. We're at the Northern Wasatch Parade of Homes today on the movie show at a beautiful home called The Summit. We'll be talking with uh, uh, Ben Hubbard, the parade chairman, here in just a little bit. But, Steve, uh, let's have uh, some movie news. Okay. Are we going to do the, the strike stuff? Or? Yeah, that is the movie oh, news. Oh, okay. Perfect. Not just any news. Stop what you're doing and listen. Movie news. On the KSL Movie Show. And I believe Movie News is sponsored by Paris RV. Mm. Oh. Awesome. See? I didn't know that. Evolution of a uh, show host here. Okay, so look, we've been talking about it all morning on KSL News Radio. It's, the, it's almost the big headline of the entire country. The Screen Actors Guild has gone on strike and joined the Writers Guild of America as yeah. uh, striking against the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Wow. It's a mouthful, Uh, but essentially work has stopped on any scripted project, and now work has stopped on any non-independent. I mean, there are certain independent films that actors can still participate in. I was reading through some of the the things. They can't also they can't promote a movie, but they can't do that either. So let's uh, the the quick rundown. They're on strike. What it could theoretically mean is that movies dry up. Uh, just from the writer strike, production has stopped on several TV shows. Andor has stopped. Uh, I, one I'm disappointed to hear, Cobra Kai. That means it's not going to hit its September oh. release date. I love Cobra Kai, um, but but this could become, depending on how long the strike lasts, and there's various things about this. It could affect towards the end of the year. We may see some of the movies we were thinking we were going to get at Christmas get moved off their release dates and pushed back into next year so that the studios have something. Because, remember, it's not just end the strike and immediately everything goes back to normal. They still got to make all those movies that they stopped making. Well, just consider the movie we just talked about, the um, Tom Cruise movie. They started that movie when COVID started. Mm. So that's, I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, you think that's three years ago. And they were just getting ramped up and started production, and they had to shut down. And what now what we've got is, um, so we've got a stoppage of everything. What we wanted to do is give you a little bit of an idea of what the two sides are going for. So, Steve, what is the studio arguing in this? Well, for some reason, a Disney CEO, Bob Iger, stepped out of their little enclave that they're having up at uh, Sun Valley. All, okay. Oh, all the big kids are up there, uh, including, let's see, the head of Meta, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Google, Apple, Microsoft, 
and of course Disney, Bob Iger, and he said, uh, he said there is a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. So this is the studio's position is that the demands of the writers and actors is not realistic. And he says, it's very disturbing to me. (laughs) He said over his tea, which had gone cold because he had to spend so much time talking about this. Well, here's the irony here. He just signed a new contract. Two years. But probably only for about $40,000 because he's trying to save the studio money. Oh, yeah, that's right. Except the contract is for $54 million for the two years with a bonus incentive performance bonus of 60 62 million if he hits his target quotas which i'm thinking might be difficult if no one's making any movies yeah it depends on what the target is if the target is to break the unions then maybe he'll hit his bonus well there's no way they're going to do that steve you're supposed to be arguing for the studios you sound like you're against them well i am against them i I, well i'm not against them i just think they need to be realistic i mean they're disney park employees that are sleeping in their cars and they're 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 on food stamps I mean, where's the equity here? That's ridiculous. Well, and that, that is part of it. You know, there's a lot of arguments about uh, the people at the top, and then there's what they call below-the-line workers. So these are people who go further down the list, because when production stops, it's not just the actors who stop working. It's not just the writers, but you've got makeup artists. You've got, uh, you know, you've got uh, prop artists. You've got everything. Everybody who, you know, depends. For a lot of them, this is a gig economy. You only get paid when you work jobs, and when there are no jobs, suddenly you're out of luck. So. Yeah. Uh, my understanding, Steve, is that the final um, proposal, this was how the final proposal was received. The, the president of uh, SAG is Fran Drescher, if you recall, from the nanny. She's in charge of that now. Right. And I, we have a soundbite of, of, of her reaction to the final uh, proposal by the studios. Oh, boy. If we don't stand tall right now, we are all going to be in trouble. We are all going to be in jeopardy of being replaced by machines. Right, and that's what she said after the strike began. But what she said in the moment that they made the final offer. (laughs) That was her laugh from the nanny. (laughs) Sorry, it worked a lot better when I was planning it out. Okay, well, here's the key points. Streaming. They want more compensation for streaming. And they want safeguards from AI technology. That's pretty much it. And maybe a little bit more health care and blah, 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 and maybe more pay. But if if you don't make these adjustments, you know, and they said they couldn't have picked a worse time. And they're probably right. But, right, they're just trying to get back from COVID, but here's I mean, where they the, are. The contracts have ended. It's the KSL Movie Show. It gave the audience feelings they weren't sure they should enjoy. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here, here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Like a slice of butter melting on top of a big old pile of flapjacks. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Welcome to the movie show, second hour. We are coming to you from the Northern Wasatch Parade of Homes, a beautiful, a gorgeous, was it 6,000 square foot? 7,000 7, square foot home in North Ogden that you can come through and take a look at. We are in the man cave slash garage. Uh, and I my mean, new apartment. 
I was going to say, this, this would be a, a spacious apartment, even if you just lived in the garage, with its own, by the way, glass door that you can come through without having to open the whole garage door. So yeah, you can of. see this and uh, 16, 15 other homes, stunning homes along in Box Elder, Weber, and Davis counties as part of the Northern Wasatch Parade of Homes. But uh, here in the 10 o'clock hour, we're pleased to welcome back the uh, director of the Utah Film Commission, Virginia Pierce, who was pleased to find out last time she was here that the movie show would go on. <laughs> and so here you are. I think you we made threatened the drive. and bribed. You made the drive to North Ogden. And, Virginia, perfect timing to join us because just before the break, we were talking about the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild strike and the effect that it's having on Hollywood. I mean, it's a big enough thing that you know national agencies, uh, news agencies are leading with it. But it's perfect to have you here right now because you can talk to us about what the local impact is because – and Utah's getting going. Utah's taking off. Utah's becoming the place. And now all of a sudden, I wish we had a sound effect for brakes screeching, but <laughs> that's what it feels like is about to happen. Yeah, it's definitely going to have an effect on us. Um, summer is typically our busiest production time, and this year was shaping up to be no exception. We have a dozen projects that were slated to begin in July. Um, july and august and at this point most of those will be on hold so it represents about 64 million dollars of economic impact and about three thousand jobs so and what kind of jobs because this is the thing you know when you hear about the guild you think you hear about the writers and you hear about the actors because they're the ones that are striking but we we said it in our last segment there's the below the line workers yeah of the sixty-four thousand jobs how many are actual actors like I well, I mean, across the country, there's what 160,000 SAG well, members. I just meant like you, and locally, well, really, what it how it affects local is um, because some of those SAG actors come in from out of state, but they come in for the production. So those productions have crews from anywhere, you know, from 100 to 400 people on those crews, and that's hairdressers and set decorators and you know security transportation and Not camera to mention operators caterers, restaurants caterers and hotels, hotels you know that's it's all it's everyone that it is involved in a film production that will be affected because those productions cannot start without their actors and, and writers in many cases so let me ask you this now that the actors are involved i know the writers have been on strike for 70 days mm-hmm. something like that is it does it make it more urgent that they come up with a deal now that the actors are also going That's also? what I'm hoping. I mean, I think it brings a little kind of a renewed emphasis and attention on the strike. And um, I think, you know, there were some productions that could continue on because they were done writing. But without actors, you can't do much. And I think the Directors Guild, I saw that they have come in solidarity with the actors and kind of said, you know, it's time to have these conversations, which... It probably is. You know, there's uh, the world has changed since the last time they all went on strike and the streaming is complicated. Yeah. So I hope that they can get to the table, though, quickly. <laughs> it sounds like they're kind of far apart, though, so, I so far. What I, I know. Hear. Well, you mentioned $64 million in, in estimated revenue to the state. Does that immediately go to zero right now, then? Well, yeah. I mean, right now everything. So there was, there's just one production that's shooting right now that would be affected, and that's the Chosen. And they have a couple more weeks. And they just got picked up by the CW. They're working on a waiver. So I don't know if you've you've heard or talked about that. There's these waivers that are they're trying to work on for productions that are independently produced. Oh. Um, and so that 
that would mean that some of the smaller local productions that were slated to begin hopefully will still be able to move forward because they're they're not a part they're they're not a part of the streaming they don't have a streaming deal um, I see. and also overseas if you're working on an overseas project and you're not part of SAG or uh, I think that is because somebody case. just went back into production today but they're like filming in Prague or something. But if you are a member of the yeah. union, which most big productions that have name actors, oh, they're see. all okay. a part of SAG. Okay. I don't know. You probably saw the Oppenheimer cast left, yeah, left the, the premiere. premiere. Yeah. And I think a lot of other, you know, there also is if you, if you kind of, you know, quote unquote, cross the picket lines to work on a production, you're not a member of SAG. That may uh, influence the ability for you to get in the union later. Oh. So it's, complicated and i think actors are also saying look everyone needs to be on the same team for the you know for the foreseeable future until they can figure out how to make a deal it's just it's interesting to me because i think this is one of the industries that really is affected by unions and they're it's they've been around for so long it still feels like kind of an old world issue you know all the unions are striking i feel yeah. like we're in back in 1950 but you know, it's important. Well, Gunsmoke it's, was the late lead TV show the last time. The last both, time they both groups went yeah. on strike. Yeah, so. that's crazy. Now, one of the things the comic convention that shall not be named here in Utah <laughs> is going to suffer the most from this strike because most of what they do is tied with studios and promoting right. upcoming projects. But we have Fanex in September, mm-hmm. but. Is that going to affect FanX and some of the celebrity guests that have already agreed to come? Are they still allowed to come? What can they do once they do? If they're allowed Mm -hmm. to come, what can they do once they're here? I saw Dan made a comment that it seemed like a lot of the celebrities that were coming to FanX weren't promoting upcoming projects. So I think that's where the line gets a little bit gray because I was reading the SAG strike rules this morning and – you can't be on a podcast. You can't do voiceover. You can't, you know, do any kind of promotion. You can't be in social media promoting anything. But I don't know about past projects. So if you're hmm. if you're just, you know, on a show like this, just talking about your work as an actor, I don't know if that affects or if it's really just about promoting these projects that are about to come out. Because for uh, as somebody who goes to Fanix, part of the deal of Fanix, you know, Originally, I thought you paid to go to Fanex, and then you had to pay to all the vendors and do everything else. But one of the big value parts of the ticket to Fanex is to be able to go to attend the celebrity panels as part of your entrance. And so if they're allowed to come and sign autographs and, you know, do they charge for that, but they're not allowed to do a panel, that diminishes the value of the Fanex ticket. And so that's why I know I I was watching the Fanex forums uh, that I'm part of, and that's the big nervous part. I mean, people are like, I'm coming from Canada. I'm, I uh, think he did make a statement yesterday, so I can't remember That they can exactly. still do their panels and yeah, stuff? Yeah, because I don't, oh, okay. again, I think, and it's been a while since I've been, but it seems like it's really more about, you know, an actor who's just celebrating their roles in the past and yeah. not necessarily. That is typically what the panels, I've, I've moderated some and it's, yeah. they usually so. don't, yeah. Well, I, I have a question. Um, you said Kevin's production is done, so they finished their second year of yep so kevin costner's project is wrapped in end of june so, so he can focus on some other things i mean poor guy, poor guy. Mess. <laughs> no he's i'm sure you know taking a break which is good he's been working nonstop forever um but it's good i mean i mean there isn't a ton and i think obviously there was talk of this happening and it was supposed to 
maybe happen at the end of June and then they Extended pushed it. it and yeah. so I think everyone's been preparing and a lot of productions really tried to get going and so they could finish before this. So uh, I think Well, yeah, and I saw the some of the SAG people were saying they extended it just so they could have two more weeks to promote their summer movie slate and that they felt like it was kind of a disingenuous yeah. extension <laughs> by the Well, I mean, you yeah. know, and we talked to Blake Last time with Megaplex, I think if this goes on much longer, it will start to affect other industries like the, you know, theatrical distribution exhibitors, which is, you know, they're just coming off COVID and finally back on their feet. So I hope that they get, hope they get to talking. My gut, honestly, they're getting really close to killing the golden goose, both of them. And that's, I fear that. My gut tells me that they'll probably have something by the 1st of September, but. Before that, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I mean, at the end of the day, we still want content. We yeah. still need content. Oh yeah. So they're gonna have to figure something out. You know, yeah. who whoever wins, we'll see. <laughs> Nobody wins in this. Situation. Nobody wins. <laughs> well, thank you, Virginia Pierce, yeah. the Utah Film Commissioner, drove all the way up here to North Ogden. Planning a weekend on the couch? Streaming your favorite movie or a new show? Andy and Steve sort through it all so you only binge the best. It's the movie show streaming reviews on KSL News Radio. All right, Steve, time for the big streaming review. And then after that, uh, we want to maybe run quick through uh, some of the Emmy nominations this week. Oh, because sure. a lot of the streaming uh, items that we've talked about garnered Emmy nominations. But sure. as far as the big streaming review of the week, uh, for me, the big streaming item is The After Party on Apple TV. Season two of The After Party. First season came out last year in about January. And it's essentially, it's a murder mystery. So if you like the movie Clue, the one with yeah. uh, back in the late 80s with Tim Curry. With 25 different endings. Right. And it's kind of like that, or at least in tone. It's like that. It's kind of a murder mystery. You're laughing at the fact somebody is dead, which, you know, seems, sometimes you feel a little odd. guilty. But uh, it's told through uh, an investigation that's led by Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. And she's a detective. She comes to a scene. In the first season, it was the death of a singer, played by Dave Franco. And which was hilarious. It was and, very and it was funny. a high school it reunion. The, it was an after party from a high school reunion. Right. And so... As Tiffany Haddish's uh, Detective Danner interviews each person who is at the party, she envisions them telling their story as a different movie genre. Yeah, and, and it's, it's really it's hilarious. There was a musical one with uh, with Ben uh, Schwartz, which was, that was my oh, favorite of all right. the episodes last season was Ben Schwartz's musical episode. Um, and then by the end, they solve the murder in the final episode. Yeah. And this season. is like Lord and Miller. These these yes. guys know what they're doing. Phil, the ones who did the Lego movie and who yep. were excellent with comedy. So season two of The After Party is now at a wedding. We get two characters back from season one, uh, Sam Richardson and Zoe Chow. And then they're, they're at Zoe Chow's sister's wedding. And the groom is played by uh, Zach, um, uh, Zach Woods, I think. I, I, anyway, he's from The Office. He was Gabe on The Office. Yeah, um, kind of nerdy. Yes. And he was on. Uh, he he's been in a bunch of different things. But at any rate, um, I can't give away too much because they've only dropped the first two episodes. I've been able to watch ahead, thankfully. So they're going to do two and then one, one, one. Correct. Okay. But uh, this in just the first five episodes this season, we've had another rom com. We've had an episode that was essentially a film noir with Paul Walter Hauser, who I think is one of the funniest actors in Hollywood I today. I love him. He uh, got nominated for Blackbird. He did, and that's not even a, a comedy role. That's like a psycho role. Well, but he played a really funny serial killer. And he he's really excellent like that. And then uh, there's one that's like an old Elizabethan era type movie episode. Oh. There's one where uh, – uh, what was the, the – there's one that was essentially the Royal Tenenbaums in an episode. 
at this wedding. So oh, cool. I, I really like the after party. It is rated mature for mature audiences because of language and stuff. So uh, unfortunately, it's not for everybody. But if you love laughing, uh, I love the after party. Well, here's one I want to watch in the man cave, and it's called Quarterbacks. For those of you who are missing out on the NFL right now, uh, they Netflix has done a one that uh, I guess it's on Wednesdays or did it all, did they it all come the out? The whole thing, yeah, all eight episodes okay. are available. So it's it's a Netflix documentary, and it, they focus on uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kurt Cousins, and uh, Mariota. Right, for What's the first name? Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. And, and and how they struggle through their NFL careers. But, I mean, it's really good. And there's a lot of great action scenes. If you're missing out on a little football right now, I know they have another well, yeah, We still got about two months before we actually get an NFL game. September, first weekend of September, first yeah, week of September. Like 80 days away from Yeah, BYU. and preseason football sucks, so we don't want to watch any of that. Yeah, but. nobody cares about that. But it's actually really, I mean, it, if you think about it, playing quarterback is probably the most difficult position in position all of sports. All of sports. You're Everyone wants to kill you on every single play. And it was kind of cool to see into their personal lives, too. You get to meet their wives. You get to see what. And it goes through the whole 2022 season. Yeah. And, of course, if you paid any attention last year, one of those three had a really good 2022 season. And, you know, nothing surprised me about Pat Mahomes because he's just amazing. But I really got a kick out of Kurt Cousins. I thought he was a sweetheart. And, you know, his and he had love a great of his season family with the Vikings yeah. till the end. So I, I was pleasantly surprised by the quarterbacks. All right. So the after party and quarterback are our two big streaming reviews of the week. We have some more that we'll try to get to before the end of the show just to give you a heads up. It's going to be rapid fire. It will be rapid fire for full circle and uh, survival of the thickest and what we do in the show, things like that. So we'll take a break here at bottom of the hour for news, traffic, and weather. And when we come back... We are going to do the movie show. Dude, you're, you're in Doug territory. I'm, that's why I'm finishing right now. <laughs> News, go. It's the KSL Movie Show. The end is inevitable. The kind is headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir. But not today. The week's big movie review. Movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Right now, we are being so unoffensive, we might as well be a Hallmark Christmas movie. You know what I'm saying? On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It is the infamous movie show coming to you from the Northern Wasatch Parade of Homes. We are in a beautiful home in North Ogden right now, and uh, it's something that's absolutely worth your time. If for no other reason, then know that, you know, if you knocked on somebody's door in a house this nice, they wouldn't let you in. And so now they have to let you in and walk through, (laughs) right? So you can finally see what those beautiful houses from the outside look like on the inside. Well, I've been coming to these parade of homes, the Northern Wasatch, for a long time. And this is definitely one of my favorite houses, no question. So this would be, you'd use the app and vote for this one as uh well, People's I'd have favorite. to go see four other houses has been suggested. And, and please remember that the owner of this house is sitting right in front of you. Well, he doesn't have to do anything because I, I love this house, <laughs> and I think he's a genius. So sit down, relax. <laughs> All right. Uh, we remind you to be part of the Movie Show Club. Text the word MOVIE to 57500 to get updates on the Movie Show and uh, heads up on different things, contests, be part of different uh, contests, or just text have something we to us. We have actually said we have had one already. Sorry, I enjoyed Mission Impossible, but I could not follow what was going on all the time or hear the conversations. I feel oh. for this person who's going to have to watch a Christopher Nolan movie next week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there's one. Uh, let's see. Somebody's already got an answer to one of the questions on the movie show today, which is good because they haven't even heard the question, so <laughs> they've already got an answer. Uh, we'll see if their answer is uh, one that uh, fits one of the questions. But uh, we're going to do that next hour where we're going to have a Mission Impossible themed 
telephone torture. But what we need to do right now, Steve, is our movie show top ten, sponsored by Call Climate Services. Love it. KSL Movie Show Top 10. 5-4-3-2-1. And of course, we want to include you, the listener, as part of our movie show top 10. We have a new telephone line for listener reviews, a comment line 801-575-7668. Write this down, or if you're a part of the movie show club, we will text this number out to you so that you know. And you'll have a chance to call in and give us a 35-second review of a movie that you've seen recently that you'd like to uh, have played during the Movie Show Top 10. And we actually have one already that we will play during the Top 10, assuming this movie's still in the Top 10. I think it will be. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, let's start then with number 10, which, let me find it. Oh, actually, Ruby. it's not in the Top 10. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It already dropped out. Well, we're going to play it anyway. Yeah. All right, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken at number 10. I cannot believe it's already out of the top 10. It hasn't even been a month. I know. That's not good. Uh, Kraken's made about uh, $29 million uh, worldwide. That's, mm, not that is not going to cut it for a DreamWorks a, animated movie. Yeah. What are they? It's got to be at least 200 250 something like that. Oh, I'm sure. With the cast they had, Jane Fonda. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. It was enjoyable. Fine. Yeah. My kids all enjoyed it, but... Was it one of my best animated movies of the year? Not even close. It felt so familiar to so many other movies we've seen just like it. The good news is your kids haven't seen all those movies. <laughs> They'll probably be just fine. Your little ones especially. That's Number true. nine, The Little Mermaid. Still in the top ten. It is. Uh, 291 domestic, 254 foreign. It's gone over. It's at 545, but you know that's a Disney movie that needs a little bit more love and they'll hope hopefully it'll get it who knows how's it doing overseas compared to the US uh, it's got uh, 254 million so it's uh, so it's a little less than what it's earned here yeah just a little okay that that is interesting i thought it might do better overseas even than it did in the states but mm-hmm. i guess i guess not number 8 transformers rise of the beast a movie that we both liked i know after all the transformer movies like nope 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 oh there's one and how's that doing foreign versus domestic? Uh, 148 domestic, 261 foreign, just went over 409. People outside the U.S. love them, some they Transformers. Do. That's right. That's where the money is. All right. Number seven, the comedy No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence. I love her. I thought this was a very funny movie. Uh, 42 domestic, 27 foreign. It's about to hit 70 million. Do comedy movies cost a lot to make? Uh, they can, depending on who's in it. Oh, that's true. The the actor tag, on, the price yeah. tag on that. Because I was going to say, is forty two million good for a comedy? If uh, Jennifer if Jennifer Lawrence cost twenty, yeah, and it was all location shooting, so it wasn't that much. Okay, okay, okay. So set shooting is more expensive than location shooting. Yep. I would have thought it was the other way around. Interesting. Uh, all right, and then number six, the movie that we both thought was the worst thing we saw last week, Joyride. Well, you're going to love this. Seven million domestic. One hundred and fifty-eight thousand. Oh, I thought you were going to say million foreign. Oh, it didn't do well outside the U.S. either. One hundred and fifty-eight thousand. The rest of the world. That's like one dollar per country. Ay ay ay. Yeah. No, no joy for not Joyride. Even, not even a half a mil foreign. Wow. Joyride. All right. Well, number five, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This movie continues to chug along. This has done really well. 360 domestic, 285 foreign for a total of 645. Wow. Spider-Man. You, know, you ever wonder why it's Sony really is well going to make a Spider-Man movie every five years? Well, of course. This well, they have why. to, one, if they want to keep the That's franchise. what I mean. Yeah. This is why, no matter how good or bad the movie is, yeah. this is what Spider-Man prints money. Number four, Elemental. Elemental. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, that's impressive that it's still at four. 
It is at 113 domestic, 144 foreign. It's at 258, but it costs like 300 to make. So they're still trying to get their money back here. Well, and we also have. Uh, okay, so this maybe is the appropriate spot to fit it in. Opened the same day, the Flash. Oh, as Elemental, and the Flash has already dropped out of the top ten. But guess what? One of our listeners, and his name is, I believe it's David. No, it's no, Dan. It's Dan. It's Dan. Here's a review from our listener, Dan. This is Dan. Went to see The Flash with my son. There were five other, five of us total in the theater. <laughs> I, I thought it was great. Everybody should go see it. Great blend of comedy, action, and uh, drama. I uh, loved Ezra Miller, Miller as The Flash. Uh, I thought he was terrific with the dual role. Uh, he forgot that it was the same actor. Anyway, go see The Flash. Go see the flat. And I agree with him on all of those points, and yet he, I can't argue he, he with said him. it, too. There was five other people in the theater with him. That's why it's out of the top ten. Well, superhero fatigue, and um, I don't know. It, I don't know. And Batman's in it for crying out well, loud. Well, DC doesn't get the love that Marvel gets. No, it's, that's true. All right, number three in this one, very impressive numbers, Sound of Freedom. Yeah, this has just done crazy numbers. $50 million, nothing foreign yet, but... Uh, uh, and it's a quality film, you know. I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't like. Hey, I'm not. I'm for child <laughs> child trafficking. trafficking. Right. That's ridiculous. Uh, so, it, it. I thought Jim Caviezel did a great job. The production values are all there. This is a movie to and if, see. If you have a Facebook account, you've already had several people tell you to go see it. I know. There's a lot of. But I think that's. I mean, this is the kind of stuff. Like, isn't that what you want? If you like something, tell everybody about it. Yeah, but I, I hate to politicize something like this. I mean, this is something that is just so universally. Just Ironically, I didn't disturbing. feel like the film was that political in the actual watching of the film. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't have any of that in there, and it's all outside noise. Yeah. All right, number two, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, well, okay, 129 domestic, 127 foreign. It's made 256. It cost 290 to make. Yeah, and that was just to D.H. Harrison Ford, right? And then what was the rest <laughs> of the cost? <laughs> I know I couldn't help but stare at that face the whole time. I'm like, that, that, that looks like him, kind of. Uh, and number one, is this a surprise? You, at number did one, tell you, you did say this. You did say this. Number one, Insidious, the Red Door. Well, I think you're invested if you've watched this family go through this, the Insidious movies. This is the one that finally gives some hope or at least some redemption. Uh, and so you're going to see the last chapter of something you've invested, you know, three other, four other movies in. Okay. So 40 domestic, 32 foreign, 72 million bucks. And horror movies are pretty cheap to produce, so. And we all know what's going to be number one next week, so the only question will be what is two through everything else. <laughs> yeah, everything's backing up, that's huh. for sure. So that's the Movie Show Top Ten. Remember, you can review any movie that you've seen that's you know theoretically going to be in the top ten by calling 801-575. Does it have to be even in the top ten? I guess it doesn't, but it seems like that's a natural place Something to play. Something recent. But you got to be 35 seconds or less, so do just like Dan did. And tell yeah. us what you thought. Don't call us and say, I think The Sound of Music's a good movie. <laughs> I was going to say, that might gonna... be a little bit too old. <laughs> it's the world-famous KSL Movie Show on KSL News Radio. And that's because my brother in London listens to us online. Therefore, it is now world-famous because it's at least someplace outside of the United States that hears us. Uh, this is by Andy the way, from... Chris did the, the silent whatever. <laughs> 
Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Final segment of this hour. We're coming to you from the Northern Wasatch Parade of Homes, a beautiful home in North Ogden. Steve, we're going to talk to Chris here in just a second, but we talk about a couple of quick movies that we watched on streaming this week. Yeah. Tell us about unknown killer robots. Well, it's going to make you nuts because uh, now we've weaponized uh, these robots with autonomous ability to kill and to choose who to kill. And, of course, this is all military, most of it. Why, why didn't we have the Terminator sound effect ready? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, this is going to freak you out. And the military... Skynet by any chance? No, there's no Skynet. No, this is all real stuff. I mean, the the idea is how do how do you tell an AI how to make a decision? Like there's people you know standing in a square and you know you think Which they're Taliban the or target. whatever. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, and then there's some other people that are standing right next to them, and they've got you know it, it's it's going to be tough. But everybody knows facial recognition software is the, flawless. The technology is already here. We just have to decide how much of it we want to control and how much we think we can trust them to do the right thing, which scares the heck out of me. So it's called Unknown Killer Robots, and that's on Netflix. Okay, and I saw Jewel Thief on Hulu, which is a documentary about a kid who, honestly, it would take me forever to describe the story. It's a kid who was born in Canada, grew up in Omaha, started stealing stuff from, like, Radio Shack in the 80s, was making $50,000 a month in stolen items. He'd steal it, forge a receipt, and go return it. So essentially That's Radio Shack... That's the worst Radio Shack was, manager ever. <laughs> well, this is the 80s before they had a lot of... Oh. I would say they invented some anti-theft techniques based on this kid, but it goes from there. He eventually learns how to rob banks. He learns... He steals, like, a priceless diamond artifact from somewhere in, in uh, Vienna, Austria. He... Um, he, it escalates and he doesn't get to caught? A, oh, no, he gets plenty, and then he just escapes custody. Like, And he, you look at him, he's the most unassuming thief. The Jewel Thief, it's, uh, it, is, it does have some language, but fascinating documentary. You're not going to believe this kid. Where am I going to see that? On Hulu. Hulu, okay. Well, Steve, we always want to invite people to be part of the Movie Show Club and text the word MOVIE to 57500 to become yeah. part of the club. Then you'll automatically get any texts related to the movie show. Uh, this hour, we still have telephone torture. And we have an amazing, awesome interview with Mike Love of the Beach Boys, yeah, cool. who's in town for the Utah or for the Deer Valley Music Festival. But Steve, somebody has already texted us, oh. not the word movie, but is taking advantage of the text line five seven five zero zero. You can text other things in, like this one. I never see Steve in the wild in person. <laughs> in the wild. To thank him in person for recommending R R R. Oh. He says, I loved it so much. It is the most over-the-top action film you could... Have you seen it? I have not. It's going to blow your mind. Every scene is... It's a Bollywood movie, isn't yeah. it? Well, not Bollywood, because it's, it's action. There's no dancey... Oh, oh, the Bollywood includes... This it. is okay. like But tough, it's, it's out of India, right? Tough dudes. I mean, you, you're not going to believe it. It is the most action action movie of all time. Okay. Without a doubt. Well... He's gratefully you recommend. Well, somebody told me about it. Now, RRR, if you haven't seen it, it'll knock your socks off. All right. Well, it's time to review the other big movie of the week. I don't think anything quite lives up to, I mean, it's not going to be on equal footing with Mission Impossible. But we do have another sequel to a movie, and that is Bird Box Barcelona. That is Bird Box Barcelona. These things take our fears and twist them. What are you doing in Barcelona? I found her. They've been traveling together, trying to find her mother. What about you? How did you get to us? Lo que estamos viendo no son casos aislados. Thousands of cases in Spain. 
Cover your eyes and avoid visual contact. So Bird Box Barcelona, the sequel to 2018's Bird Box that was on Netflix. That movie starred Sandra Bullock. This movie stars probably no one you've ever heard of. Exactly. But it's in Barcelona. <laughs> As you heard in the clip. So That's it, how natives say it. But it doesn't really matter that Sandra Bullock's not in it. It doesn't That's need true. anybody famous. This is the same kind of creature. If you look at it, you your eyes go goofy and you suddenly want to kill yourself. Yep. Which is a really horrible thing to think about, but it's so magnificent. You don't want to be on this earth anymore. And I thought it was kind of cool how they did the whole Spanish Catholic angel, you know, maybe it's actually angels that are, you know, well, I think they would probably handle it a little better than these guys. <laughs> you'd uh, like to think. Yeah. You'd like, um, I don't Maybe you could finish your time on earth a little <laughs> bit more peacefully than ending it suddenly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and there's also the twist with the seers, the ones that see. Yes, if you'll recall from the first movie, people who were already crazy, yeah. or at least like they were in the mental institution, they can see the creatures without the urge to take their own life. Right, and now they want to convert other people to do the same thing. So there's a little bit more of that in this movie, I thought, in a very interesting way, and I won't say how, but it, it, it I thought this did a really nice job of kind of going into that same genre but doing it just with a little twist, putting it in Barcelona, and having a—I mean, a, the whole trolley scene—that's that whole scenario was brilliantly done, and it leaves room for another uh, future sequel. Oh, well, sure, there's which is—I'm sure they're going to try to do this as much as possible. Well, but sure. uh, and I didn't—I actually hadn't seen the original Bird Box until about a week ago, and I thought, oh, I better watch Bird Box before I watch Bird Box Barcelona. So. I kind of saw them pretty close together, yeah. and it was interesting. This one I felt was like a little more gory yeah. than the first one, and um, but it was. You're, you're right. There was enough unique tweaks to, to the story and an expansion on it, and let me tell you, there's a freaky character in this movie that like almost makes your skin crawl. The one that uh, is kind of the big bad that they end up fighting towards the end. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say because I don't want to give away their role early in part in the movie if you're going to watch it but creepy yeah creepy so well, it's uh, but it's well done and and again if you're a fan of the first bird box you'll probably definitely enjoy it, it is dubbed but it's really hard to tell well you can see the lip difference a little bit uh, uh i did it didn't bother me that much though so you gave it a i gave it a b pl- b b plus I was in the about two, two and a half star range. Oh, you're a little lower. I think, uh, you know, I probably lean closer to two and a half, but I, this is the kind of horror I'm kind of okay with, like, especially where there's like a mystery to be solved about it too. And we still haven't got all of the mysteries solved. So I I, I like that there's still more that could be told. Yeah, agreed. But it's definitely worth seeing. It's a great little sequel. And it's on Netflix. So anybody that's got Netflix can watch it immediately. It is rated R though. FYI, a lot of blood. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of body parts and uh kids in peril that's something some people struggle with watching yeah, that, is, yeah. is children in peril so uh all right so that's bird box barcelona the movie show it ain't about how hard you hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward how much you can take and keep moving forward that's how winning is done on ksl news radio all right steve we're gonna do telephone torture so here's the chance to call in 801-575-TALK 801-575-8255. We're going to get those uh, lines filled up. And while we wait for that to happen, uh, Steve, why don't you go over the Emmy nominations, especially because there are a lot of series that we've talked about over on the movie show. Yes, and I'll just hit some highlights. But the main four, Succession, 27 nods. 
Did you like Succession? I didn't even watch it. Oh. I, I was told that it was too mean. Intriguing. It's very mean, but it's also really intriguing. Okay, The Last of Us, 24 nominations. White Lotus, 23. Ted Lasso, 21. Those are the top four. First, of all those shows, is Ted Lasso your favorite? Uh, yes, without question. Okay, did you Although like White I loved, Lotus? I didn't. I watched a little bit of it. Okay. First timers, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey for The Last of Us. They got nominated. Okay, cool. Uh, Pedro, though, also got two other nominations, one for hosting Saturday Night Live. He was pretty funny. He was hilarious. And then he narrated a CNN doc on Patagonia. Okay. Jenna Ortega, Wednesday. From Wednesday, okay. She was nominated. Stephen Young, first nomination for Beef. Ali Wong has been nominated a couple times, but Beef was very popular. This one kind of cracked me up. Shrinking, this was the... Yes, uh, we were thinking Harrison Ford would get a nom. Yeah, Jason Segel got a nod. Jessica Williams got a nod, but not Harrison Ford. What? This one cracks yeah, me up. He's being penalized just because he is Harrison Ford, because every yeah. word he said on that show was hilarious. He's brilliant on that show. This one cracked me up. Jury Duty got a nomination. This is Amazon Freebie, a show that people just, you know, it's like a throwaway show. And James Marsden, who's the only real character, also got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Okay. Uh, Blackbird got four noms. Martin, this one also cracks me up. Uh, only Murders in the Building, one nomination, went to Martin Short. Steve Martin and Selena Gomez left out. I do like Martin Short and Only Murders, I have to say. Bob Odenkirk. He's been nominated five times for Better Call Saul. No wins. The show has been nominated 53 times. No wins for Better Call Saul. Wow. Can you believe that? Carrie Russell got nominated for The Diplomat. The show, so. Sharon Horgan. Oh, she was great in The Diplomat. She was. Sharon Horgan from Bad Sisters. Hilarious. Ted Lasso. This is interesting. Of the eight leads and supporting actors, there's eight of them. Only one other time in history where the four main people of a show were nominated for an Emmy. All eight of them now have been nominated, including Phil Dunster, who played Jamie Tart, and Brett Jamie Goldstein. Tart, do, 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 Jamie yeah. Tart. Phil and, and, uh, and Roy were nominated this time around. So all eight of the leads and supporting, which has never happened in history. And then finally, Poker Face, uh, four nominations including Natasha Leone. This is her fifth nomination. No wins. Poker Face and Ted Lasso are two of my guilty pleasures. I, I love both those shows. So. All right. So we've hopefully got phone lines full because we're going to have to rip through telephone torture pretty quick here so that Dan Bomas is not waiting for his newscast. Uh, all right. So let's do telephone torture, sponsored by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. The KSL Movie Show. <laughs> telephone torture. Okay, the theme is Mission Impossible. It means that all six of these clues refer to one of the Mission Impossible movies, not different Mission Impossible movies. All the clues should lead you to guess which Mission Impossible, a single so you Mission know Impossible which movie. One, which yes, the questions will be about one of the movies, and they will Mission get progressively. Impossible. You can't just say Mission Impossible. Uh, okay. Can I say the number? And I can say, uh, well, yeah, but I'm hoping you'll say the name of the movie because some of them, if it's one that is a number, then say the number. If it's one that's a name, say the name. Although we'll take either one. Okay, okay. I'm taking too long to explain. All right, go. But let's. Who's our first uh, victim here? Hello, who's this? Vahe. Vahe. Vahe, are you ready? Do you love Mission Impossible? Sure. Okay, here's the first question. Ethan gets his mission from a record store in this Mission Impossible movie. What is it? Uh, Mission Impossible. Ah, I'm sorry. Vahe, what does that make you? Loser. 
All righty. Who's our next victim? Who's this? Ethan. Ethan, what a perfectly appropriate name for this contest. Is he serious? Is your name really Ethan? Or I think maybe we're hearing ourselves. Uh, Somebody. Okay, well, anyway, who's this? This is Brett. Oh, this is Brett. Okay, Brett, maybe we did hear an echo. Brett, welcome. Here's your question. Again, this first question, hopefully you listen to it. Here's the second question. Because they, they add up to each other, Correct. Right? Okay. All of these are about the same movie. Okay. So if you're paying attention, maybe you'll know as we go along. Last time that Jeremy Renner appeared in the Mission Impossible series as William Brandt was in this movie. Uh, is that the Mission Impossible Fallout? Fallout is incorrect. What does that make you? Uh, I think I okay, know. Thanks. All right. Well, let's give him a loser clip. Le who? The her. Okay. Third question. Who's this? Hello, who's this? You're on telephone torture. Hello. Maybe they're not. They hung up. They were too scared. But remember, if you're smart, you're paying attention to these clues. Okay. Yeah. Who's this? Michael. Michael, okay. You Mission Impossible guy? Well, I think. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we're about to find out. This clip comes from the Mission Impossible movie we are trying to get you to guess. She tried to shoot me. It doesn't make her a bad person. I think it's the number four movie, but I can't think of the title. Mission Impossible oh. 4 is... Mission Impossible 4 is Ghost Protocol, and that yeah. is incorrect. Oh, okay. Nice try, though. What does that make you? A loser. Sorry, bro. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. All right. This time, I'm sure they're going to get this question. All right. Who's this? Hello. Who's this? Vahe. Vahe's back. All right, Vahe. All right, man. Okay. We want to get some... Yeah, well, he's won in the last 90 days. Oh, he's won in the last 90 days. Okay. All right. So who's this? Ethan. Ethan. So there oh, was there an, was an Ethan. Ethan. Okay. We lost you last time. All right, You've got to get this. You've got to get this because you're in the movies, right? All right. Here's question number four. I'm going to give you two words. Yellow dress. What? This chapter introduced Rebecca Ferguson as MI6 agent Ilsa Faust, and she wore a stunning yellow dress. What do you look? Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. That is correct. Wow. <laughs> well Tell done. The of yellow course Ethan would get that. Oh, come on, Steve. That's the most. It's on the poster, for heaven's sake. She makes the most stunning entrance in that yellow dress easier. going to the. Oh, no, that one was a dead giveaway. Was that not an easy question, Ethan? What's, what's the idiot one? I, I, I knew it from the first one. Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. Here's the other questions. Famous for a scene where Tom Cruise is actually hanging on the outside of a plane as it takes off. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was pretty And then the final one is, look, there are six MI movies to choose from, and we've had five wrong guesses. <laughs> What's the one that's left? <laughs> All right. So congratulations, Ethan. Perfectly named for a Mission yeah. Impossible quiz. Nice win. You win the Megaplex prize package which is worth up to dollars, and it is two movie tickets, a large popcorn, and two drinks. And if you'd like to go see an awesome movie at Megaplex Theaters, go to megaplextheaters.com. It's the easiest way to get tickets. Ethan, congratulations. Thank you.
It's the KSL Movie Show. It gave the audience feelings they weren't sure they should enjoy. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Graduates and butter. Melon on top of the big old pile of flapjacks. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> Congratulations to Ethan, who won a fabulous prize worth up to dollars. The correct answer being Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. We're from you know what we apo- from our good friends at the Larry H. Miller Megaplex. Yeah, Theaters. we better play the Frank. We, we uh, look. We already got a text. You can't forego Frank. So before we do anything else. Let's hear from one great crooner, old Blue Eyes himself, Frank Sinatra. So put away your pitchforks and your torches. All right. And we, we say... Thanks to everyone who called in to participate, even those who didn't quite make it into the contest. And by the way, thanks to the Megaplex Theaters. Keep, I did say that. I know, but I'm just telling you again. Okay. We love them. There's summer movie program going on, 10 bucks for 10 movies. Do it, it is a great way. I remember going to programs like that, and these theaters are way nicer than the Greenbrier and West Jordan where my feet stuck to the floor, even as a kid. <laughs> All right. Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters, one of the greatest friends of the movie show. Uh, We're coming to you live from the uh, Northern Wasatch Parade of Homes. We'll be talking with Ben Hubbard here in just a minute. But, Steve, sorry, I got a stone all up there ready to turn on some microphones. He's ready to pounce. Steve, we got a really cool opportunity. Instead of the worst thing I watched this week, I wanted to forego that because we had an opportunity to do an interview with Mike Love of the Beach Boys. Yeah, you got to do that. When you get an opportunity to talk to one of the Beach Boys, you take it. You better so, hurry, too. <laughs> I know, I know. We're going to have to play through the... No, no, to, I mean, like, you know, he's getting up there. Oh, see, I wasn't going to say that about oh. him. But oh. he is 82 years old. Okay. Well. But you know what? You won't be able to tell from the to, from talking to him. He, okay. he is great. And you know what? He has some great memories of Utah that we'll talk about here. And so I've got a full... we got the full interview posted on the movie show... Um, podcast page where you can listen to the full 12-minute interview I did with him. But I wanted to just play a few snippets uh, for those of you who are listening right now. First of all, I uh, since it's the movie show, I figured I'd ask him a movie-related question. So I asked him, I said, uh, Mike, what's the best Beach Boys dog? Let's play that clip. And so I had a couple movie-related questions that I wanted to ask you, just kind of shoot off the cuff and, and just see what you think. So first of all, what would you consider to be, of all the documentaries and things about the Beach Boys, which one do you personally consider to be the most accurate or the one that, that you like the best? There's one, um, you know, two-night situation on the ABC years ago. I mean, John Stamos was involved in the, in the production of it. And so that was about as close as, as anything has come to, you know, doing a documentary-style movie on the Beach Boys. But I don't think that the, the whole story has ever been told. It's, it's you know, a lot of people want to get into the Charlie Manson Association with my cousin Dennis and or my, my cousin Brian's drug use and all that kind of stuff. And so, But, but the, the true story about the Beach Boys is... Because my cousin Brian and I got together and wrote some great songs together, which have lasted until this day. People still love to hear them. 
you know, songs like California Girls and I Get Around and Fun, Fun, Fun and Help Me Run to the Good Vibrations. And Kokomo was uh, 22 years after Good Vibrations it went to number one, 1988. Can you believe that? <laughs> I, I actually remember when that one hit number one. That was in the movie Cocktail, you know, the soundtrack for Cocktail movie with Tom Cruise and so then I asked him, all right, uh, you know, you got a, lot, a huge library of music. You've heard Beach Boy songs all over the place. So I asked him, which uh, Beach Boy, which song did he thought was best used in a movie? Of all the movies that have used Beach Boy's songs, which is the one when you watch it, you think, oh, that was perfect? Probably 50 First Dates. It would, wouldn't it be nice, you know? And, uh, uh, the, 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 you know, the uh, lead actor was singing, wouldn't it be nice, like cruising along on a boat? So that's pretty nice. But, gee, we've had, uh, you know, so many great things like Jackie Chan and and, and um, a couple of his movies. They were talking about California Girls, and they played California Girls in a couple of their movies. And then Sham 2, with, uh, had wouldn't it be nice in it, way back in the 60s with Warren Beatty. And uh, just so many great movies. Uh, you know, uh, Good Morning Vietnam, uh, Robin Williams, uh, you know, mentioned a couple of our songs. And, and uh, oh, you know, American Graffiti had all summer long, uh, one of our songs. And so we've been very fortunate to have our music placed in many a soundtrack. I will say the first time I ever saw, I ever heard the song When I Grow Up to Be a Man was in Look Who's Talking. <laughs> Oh, nice, yeah. Anyway, we've been very blessed to, uh, for to have many of our songs included in soundtracks, and it's, I think it's kind of immortalized those songs and, and helped you know keep the Beach Boys alive in the in the minds and hearts of people. So I also asked him uh, what was his favorite song to play. I mean, like you can't pick between your kids, but uh, what, what, one what which one does he like? And so uh, here's what he said. Kokomo was the biggest sing-along of, of all of our songs. And we have some big ones. Help Me Ronda, everybody jumps in on the chorus and helps us out on that. And Fun, Fun, Fun's a big deal. And California Girls, wish they all could be California Girls. But I have to say Good Vibrations I'm probably most proud of in terms of the creativity of it at the time in the 60s. It was avant-garde in the 60s, and I think it still is avant-garde. It's so unique and my cousin did a brilliant job on the track, and I, I, I came up with I'm picking up good vibrations. She gave me the excitations, and I uh, wrote all the lyrics. So my cousin Carl sang lead, and I came out on the chorus. So that's one of the most incredible and historic songs I think in rock music. Now, there's a great love for the Beach Boys in Utah, but there's also a great love for Utah by the Beach Boys. Your best memory of playing a concert in Utah? What comes to mind? Well, I'll tell you. When we first played our first show, it was behind a curtain in uh, at the Lagoon, and we were nervous because we thought, "Oh my goodness, all these kids are, you know, LDS Mormons and stuff like that." And we and we we had friends, and we actually played at at uh, some some Mormon get-togethers, you know, for youth nights and stuff. And and um, so we were a little nervous. We thought the audience would be so conservative. But they were into it big time. When that curtain opened and we started our music, I mean, it was just like Southern California. 
and couldn't help but notice there was a lot of cute girls there. <laughs> <laughs> so we were immediately uh, big fans of, of Salt Lake City. He was so funny Looked and good. so gracious. He, he told us, uh, if you want to listen to the full interview, the full 12-minute interview with Mike Love, go to the Movie Show podcast, and, and you can uh, stream the 12-minute interview that he talks about uh, how uh, they wrote Fun, Fun, Fun here in Utah after a concert yeah. at Lagoon. Yeah. Um, but I just, one of the funniest things, could you imagine if the Beach Boys played your youth activity? I know. You're like, oh, who are these guys? <laughs> I don't know. Well, Mike Love, he's in town for the Deer Valley Music Festival up in Park City. Uh, it's something you can go see tonight and tomorrow. He's really excited to play for Utah, and uh, and he was just such a gracious interview. And, and there'll know, still was, be a lot of cute girls. And there will probably still be a lot of cute girls. Yeah, Steve, you know what I'm saying? Go up see the Beach Boys tonight, you know. Let up, put out the vibe, Jim Carrey style. What are you talking from about? From Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Stop him. <laughs> All right. So that was our interview with Mike Love of the Beach Boys. You know, uh, I noticed he didn't mention Love and Mercy, nothing that Brian Wilson did. Oh, uh, no, he talked about stuff his oh, cousin did. Brian did, and he talks about some other things. That oh, I, I, I wanted to save some for the actual like, interview. Like Pet Sound and stuff like that. He didn't talk about that, but we, I did ask him about the influence of the Beatles and, and their back and forth on that, and he talked about that a little bit, too, and how they uh, – there's some really good stuff. I encourage you to go check out right, the interview. I will. The Movie Show. Spock, you haven't changed a bit. You're just as warm and sociable as ever. No, have you, Doctor? As your continued predilection for irrelevancy demonstrates. On KSL News Radio. All right. Final segment of the movie show. What a great one today. We got a chance to hear from Mike Love of the Beach Boys. What an awesome opportunity that was. Uh, you know, we talked about how much we loved. Well, what's a new segment that we've got? We don't have an open for this, but I think we're going to get one made. Like a machine know, we're gonna gun fire. We're going to spend like $25 and yeah. get uh, the announcer voice. But rapid fire, it's a segment we do in the final segment of the movie show where we go over all the stuff we talked about to give you, if you missed it earlier, just a really quick what did we think of each thing. So, first of all, Steve, the big movie, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. You gave it an A. An A. I gave it four rare. stars. I say it's a blast. It may be the best. It was the, certainly the most enjoyable movie I've seen this year so far. I think Mission Impossible might be the best franchise, action franchise in history. It's How only gotten better somehow after the disaster that was number two to only get better. Yeah, each really time. impressive. Yeah, yeah. All right, The Miracle Club. Yes, I liked it. It's a little sassy. It's got a little edge, but it's great actors. In Ireland, and I thought it was a really there were some really emotional moments that I think people will connect with. Bird Box Barcelona, yes, a great sequel. Not doesn't have Sandra Bullock, but you don't need her. Uh, a whole new, you know, set of characters dealing with the same type of creatures. You can't look at them, or they're going to make you kill yourself. All right, Gray Matter. We didn't get a chance to go into in depth. That's one that's coming to that's on Max right now, streaming. Yes. Uh, this is one of those movies about a mother and daughter that are um, they're. Uh, what do they call them? Psionics? People oh, right. that can telepathically do stuff. kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's a lot of that, and it's pretty good. Okay, uh, and then Jewel Thief, which was a documentary on Hulu, which I enjoyed because it's just a fantastic, unbelievable, real story where you actually get to talk to the thief. On streaming, The After Party, I thought that was a great, it's a yes, great follow-up to the yes. first season that I enjoyed. Unknown Killer Robots. You're going to freak out, but that's a yes, too. Quarterback on Netflix, you get to follow three NFL quarterbacks through the 2022 season. Perfect if you're missing for your football fix. If you're missing your NFL, there it is. All right. Full circle on uh, Max. We didn't talk about that, but it's a, it's a kind of a mystery series that uh, stars Claire Danes 
And Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, and, I love him. And um, oh, we was married to uh, yeah. Dennis Quaid. There we go. No, it is he's, Dennis Quaid. He wasn't married to Dennis Quaid. Uh, and it was solid, but you'll only get to watch the first two episodes. It's, this but week. it's a little slow starting, though. It, it doesn't. And Hijack. Ben mentioned Hijack. That's if you true. Watched still that. ongoing. Hijack. Se- Secret Invasion's getting weird. Yes, there was a big episode this week. Big episode this week where we, well, I can't say because you're going to have to watch it. So yeah. lots of still good things still to go. All right. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.